Welcome to Growing Up Fire with Jamie Coots. Seahawk, it is our commitment to you that you have complete access to the top professionals, industry experts, and products for your fire service. We stand by the service and products we provide. We are proud of our past and we are constantly listening to our customers and exploring new ways to bring better options to the fire service. This is Seahawk. High level, safety, service, security. Please visit our website at www.seahawkservice.ca or give us a call at 1-888-791-4210. Welcome to Growing Up Fire Season 3. I'm here with Kirsten and today we're going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that we've done so far and then we're going to kick off the Maritimes Road Trip. So we're going to talk about all the things we did in 2022. We got to go on a great trip over there. So but before we do that, Kirsten, let's talk about we've been through two seasons now. We're starting the third. How's it going? I think it's going well. I Yeah, it's amazing how many people support Growing Up Fire and you and it. I never dreamed it would actually be this, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> goes goes from a, an idea that I had in the truck to this, eh? So probably you don't all know this, but Kirsten does all of the Instagram and Facebook stuff for Growing Up Fire. Uh, she's the one on the other end of the Growing Up Fire at Outlook.com. I always struggle with that. I don't know why. So she's always there. On all of my Chief Coots stuff, uh, I'm the one on the other end and I'm the one posting, but she does a lot of the social media stuff for Growing Up Fire. So thanks for doing that. What do you always think when people reach out and they got messages and questions? And Well, first, I think they should be like, obviously, they're looking for you, not me, (laughs) but I do my best to answer what I can, but uh, there's lots of things I can't answer and I just it on to Jamie and of course then he does his best to answer it and we go from there but yeah I like I said I never dreamed it would be what it is today and very proud that we managed to get where we are I look forward to see what's coming we got a lot eh like we've done a lot we did a lot of uh, podcasts you have to sit through a lot and listen to them and and go through all of that and so I often wonder and people actually ask me so I'm going to make you tell me right here on the podcast what what do you think when you have to sit there and listen to it all or that we drag you kicking and screaming into doing the podcast with us well when I have to listen and I don't get to be involved I actually think oh I don't have to listen to this again although (laughs) I will tell you I do I always do (laughs) but I mean I don't really think that you drag me kicking and screaming anymore. Um, Maybe it started that way, but I don't feel like it's like that anymore. I enjoy the road just as much as you do. So it's good. Right on. So one of the questions that I get asked, I would say probably more than any other question is why do we visit so many fire halls? Right. And so as a refresher to that from season one, after the Slave Lake fire and then the Fort McMurray fire hit and and then basically I just made the school. I said, sick and tired of living on an island and I want to know what's going on. And so I'm going to go and visit 500 fire halls. And uh, you kind of give me that look like, yeah, whatever. You always say random stuff. So sounds good. On this trip, we got to 465. You've probably been to more than half of those with me. How do you feel 
now when I say, hey, let's go to more. Are you just excited for the last 35 so we can stop <laughs> counting and stop doing this? Are you what what do you think when we get to 465 firehouse? Honestly, even if you get to 500 or when you get to 500, you're still gonna go to more. You're just not gonna count them. <laughs> I don't know that I've seen half of them. I definitely know I've seen lots and um, yeah, I enjoy going too. I find that when we walk into a fire hall, it's like walking into a fire family, right? You get a couple of minutes, you start to know people and you ask some questions and next thing you know, it's just like walking into a fire hall, you know. So I enjoy that piece of it. And there's lots of different things to see. Not everybody does things the same. Uh, that's for sure. And it kind of leads into the next question, which we'll get to in a second. But for me, it's always, I'm always amazed how like some tours, it starts like we're best friends with the people right off the bat. Some tours, it starts slow and we're best friends by the end. Some tours, it, it starts with one person and then we're talking to 10, <laughs> right? And and then we get those ones where it's just like the whole fire hall is involved and you know that you're going to be talking to these people and we trade coins and we trade stories and, and we trade kind of vision of the fire service. And so, you know, for anyone that doesn't stop at fire halls that's in the fire service, I would ask the question back, why don't you stop at more fire halls? Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I And to be very honest, like, for example, the first time we went to Nova Scotia, I mean, after the fire, we stopped at many fire halls in Alberta, but the first time we went to Nova Scotia and you, we just pulled up to, I don't know how many fire halls. And if there was a car there, we'd knock on the door. And, and I was like, what oh, that's, is that's happening? That's the time Alan Buchanan took us to all of those fire halls. It was like 6.30 in the morning and we were stopped at fire halls. <laughs> all I know is I was like, what, what is happening? Why, you know, how can we randomly do this? But now I actually don't go on any type of holiday or trip or anywhere without thinking that we're going to stop at least at one. It's just part of what we do. Um, and I enjoy it. And you, I mean, I enjoy it, I think a lot, but I also enjoy it because I know how much you enjoy it. Right. And it is fun to talk to. Oh, I, I mean, I love to go there and I can remember during the trip and we'll talk about one of the fire halls we stopped at and, and uh, you and the two people that took us, you all just so graciously sat and kind of sat off to the corner and you followed us around and you had your own little private chat. And there I am right in the middle of these six firefighters and we're just blazing away on topics and, you know, no topic is too big or too small for us to tackle when we're there. And then finally I could see you guys twitching and you're like, we, we got to go like these, all these other tours are lined up and you're burning into our time. Right. And it just, I don't know. It always makes me laugh. And so kind of the follow-up to the first question was after so many visits, don't you just see the same stuff over and over and over? And, and I'm going to let you go first on this one. Well, I don't look at things quite as closely as you do, but I will say, I, yeah, you see the same things. You see a fire truck, you see a fire hull, you see, you know, firefighter gear, but there's always something that's unique to each fire department, I think, or each, even each fire hall. So there's always something new. I think. Yeah, I, I think we see so much. And I was laughing because I was going back and I was looking at on this current phone, I think it started 2017. And so I was way back at the start looking for something. And I see this sure step that you attach to a ladder. And I, on this last Nova Scotia trip, I was like, wow, I've never seen one of these. And then sure enough, 2017, I'm looking at my phone and, and I'm, I don't know where I am and I'm holding one. I, I've, I have it in my hand. So I've definitely seen it before. I've definitely talked about it, but you know, here I was five years later and I was just like, wow, this thing is so awesome. I've never saw one of these. And, 
And so maybe it's just because I'm getting a bit senile in my old age and I uh, see things over and over, but I think it's the first time. And then other times I love the parts where it's like you're talking to someone and they're so intently telling you just like they invented the idea or they invented the tool or the only one in the world that has this. And very rarely is it, right? Like we know 50 other people that invented that tool or use that tool or saw that tool. But it's always fun when you get to go somewhere and say, all right, this is a first for me, right? So uh, when we were in New Brunswick and, and we stopped and there was that two-story gym oh, inside yeah. the fire hall. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I never saw a two-story gym. I saw big gyms. I saw nice gyms. I saw small ones. I saw in the bay, you know, have their own room. Um, but to see a two-story one, and yeah, it was a little rugged and a little rough, but you know what? You could you could see how cool they thought it was that they had the only two-story gym at a 465 fire halls. And so I think that I'm always just looking for that, that one thing that's different, that one thing that's unique. Um, sometimes it's the people that we're standing there talking to. Sometimes it's the trucks. Sometimes it's the fire hall. Sometimes it's just the stories they tell us. But I always think it's worth the trip. Like I've never, ever stopped at a fire hall and went, oh, well, that's just like all the other ones. I don't know why I stopped. Yeah, no, I can't say I felt that way either. All right. So we're going to go on this trip, right? And I come home one day from, from the office and I say to you, uh, Jason Cochran just sent me a message on Facebook and he wants us to go out there and do some training. And I, it was for the Brooklyn 60th anniversary. And, and I just said, yeah, I, I said, you know, that we'll go. What did you think when I, and that was months ago, like months and months yeah, ago. Long time planning. Well, to be very honest, at first I thought, oh, cool. We'll get to go to New Brunswick or Newfoundland or she's Nova Scotia <laughs> and the Maritimes in a time that I haven't been there, which was kind of neat. I always thought I wanted it to see in winter, except for it really was green still and not yeah, too wintry. So that was great. Yeah. And I didn't actually think it would be quite the way it was. It was very busy. Um, yeah, and, and so that's my fault also. <laughs> I had said to Jason, if I'm going to come all the way out there, let's make it worth the trip, right? So, you know, phone around, check with your buddies, see if there's anyone else that uh, wants to have a talk or, or whatever. The guy's a champ. He, he got on the phone and he got on email and he got on Facebook and he got a hold of all of his friends. And we ended up setting up uh, eight stops in 10 days. The other two days we actually went to PEI. So it was, it was basically 10 full days of firefighter champion tour stuff that we're always up to. And he just booked a full trip. And so we went out there and did eight talks about all kinds of different things, leadership, Fort McMurray, Slave Lake, above the line, below the line, some of the stuff that we're always talking about. I had set a goal of 10 podcasts that I wanted to do, and we only ended up at eight. So we'll have to survive that, that we didn't quite get those last two. And then I wanted to see, I can't remember even what I said, but it was a huge number of fire halls. And we did end up seeing a lot of fire halls. We did, um, yes. I think we're just like 25, and I, I think I wanted to see 40. And some of those 25 we'd been to before, some were new ones that we were able to count in our total. But no, it's always fun to get out there. And so Jason, if you're listening, it was fun to be out there and do a podcast with you and the boys. It was fun to just be out there. Thanks for setting it up. You know, every time someone asks me about doing a talk, I always think, how can we reach more people? How can we make the trip more, more worthwhile? And not just financially, right? Because, you know, while we were out there, everyone was saying, like, how can you do all these talks and not charge? Like, that, that's impossible. Why would you even do that, right? And I think people don't get it. Like, I don't know. We all need money to survive, but money just doesn't mean as much to us as lots of people. 
I'm staring at the bookkeeper right now, folks. So maybe <laughs> maybe it, she wishes it meant more to us. <laughs> but I said right from the start, the very first talk I did about Slave Lake, I said, I'm never going to, like, we got to get the expenses back. There's no way we could afford to travel around everywhere and pay all the expenses. But we never, you know, charge a fee for it. And uh, that was all just about, you know, paying it, paying it forward, I think. You know, uh, we went to Slave Lake and so many people helped us and so many people uh, jumped, jumped in to help us and, and make the town better later on. Fort McMurray was the same way. Right. And so uh, it seems weird now when we go and do our leadership talks and our above line, blow line talks and we actually charge a little something for the day. It's still super cheap, um, but it, it just seems weird after all these times. It's definitely different than what the original plan was for sure. Yeah. And I guess it's just, you know, it's simple mathematics, right? You can't go out 30 times, 40 times a year and do talks and, and give up all that time away from work, right? But uh, I mean, I would if I, if I could. If we won the lotto tomorrow, <laughs> we'd just visit more fire halls and we'd just do more talks and we'd just help out in more ways. What do you tell me all the time? You can't win the lotto if you don't buy a ticket. Yeah. So, so that's why I'm buying a ticket. Yeah. I don't know why you're buying a ticket. It's probably, I probably have to, you know, win the 70 million and I could just take the jet over to Hawaii and visit you once in a while, probably. There you go. So, but anyway, so, so it was great. PEI wasn't really part of the big planned Maritimes tour. And people had been talking to me for a long time, even before it was booked, you know, you got to get out here to the Maritimes and, and do the podcast and get us all on. And, you know, I have so many faithful friends and listeners and, and uh, so many people that are almost family out there now that it was great. It was like, okay, let's get out there and do it, right? So we had, I think, seven days we were getting ready to book. And then it was like, ah, you know what? I think we should go for 10. Yeah. Right? Uh, Kept getting and then more. it actually even turned into 11 later on, which was fine. Travel day on both ends. And so we phoned up our friends from PEI and got a hold of them on Facebook and all these different ways and said, hey, we're coming out there. You know, can we check things out? And so I got to tell you, it was so funny because Ron Enman from Summerside, you know, he, he's kind of one of those start at yes and work to no guys only if you have to. Right. And so our kind of people. And uh, I said, yeah, I want to see the firefighter school. And, the, and of course, he's like, no problem. We didn't start building our fire hall yet, but I'm on the board for the school. I'll get you in there. And uh, just when it gets closer, just let me know. Like, we'll, we'll work it all out. All right. And so for anyone that really knows me really, really well, there's some things that I'm super crazy anal about. And there's other things like traveling and times. I don't really care that much. Right. And which doesn't help. Believe me, she's staring at me right now. It doesn't help, right? And so Kirsten was really good about having the schedule and, and trying to. So let's talk a little bit about that because not everyone knows everything about us, right? You're kind of like the road manager. You're kind of like the bookkeeper, the keep everything organized. And I'm kind of the guy that just talks and walks and, and travels footloose and fancy free. <laughs> He says that, but it's not not quite that way. I will say this 10-day or 11-day trip, all of a sudden he's like, okay, you need to organize all of these places we're going to talk. You need to find out who we're talking to, what they want to talk about, what time, where. And in the end, I had a spreadsheet that was massive that just to keep track of where we were going. And that really didn't include the extra stops to fire halls. And it definitely didn't include the podcasts and... On day one, when we went to our very first fire hall in PEI, I realized I had to actually figure out a way to make this make sense. So 
in our notes on our iPad, I started writing what number the fire hall was and where we were and who toured us around. And thank goodness I did that because I don't have the memory Jamie does and I can't remember all this stuff. But it really did remind me of my travel agent days. I was right back in that, uh, you know, young Kirsten age where I had to be the manager of all of this stuff and uh, reminds me I don't want to be a travel agent anytime <laughs> soon. And Jamie is probably the hardest customer I've ever had. But we managed, we got through it and we had tons of contacts and it was easy to get a hold of people. And I'm thankful that we actually, you said, you know, let's, let's get this figured out so that it's easier when we get there. It's always funny for me because I just in my head know that it will work out. I don't know why or, or if I even care sometimes, but I just think, oh, it'll work out. Like, we'll, we'll make it work out. And then we get to all these places and everyone kind of, oh, hey, Jamie, how's it going? Glad you're here. Hey, Kirsten. <laughs> and so they've talked to you on the phone and they've emailed back and forth or text or whatever. And uh, I always just take a step back and go, what the heck's happening here, right? <laughs> like, I'm here to do a big talk or we're going to do a podcast or whatever. And uh, they're chatting you up and and you guys know all about each other's lives already and what's going on and why we're there. And, and uh, so that part I love. It, it's fun to have you on the road with me and not not just because you keep us organized, but I love those connections that you make with everybody. And then even after, right, when they're emailing and stuff. And so you always say, I don't think everyone knows it's me on the other end. I would say, I think lots of times they know it's you <laughs> on the other end. And in some cases, I would say they're probably hoping it's you and not me <laughs> on the other end. But these connections are what is so awesome. So I get to work two days ago and somebody's got a hold of me from Kingston, Nova Scotia. And they're thinking of putting in a gym and say, hey, you know, could you send me some pictures of gyms? Can you, you know, give me some idea of a good balance from the 465 fire departments you've been to? And so, of course, I'm right into my phone and and right away I'm like, man, I, I don't take pictures of gyms, <laughs> right? And for anyone that's ever seen me in real life, you know, I don't go in the gym, so I don't really look. And so I run upstairs in uh, Chesmer Fire Hall and take some pictures. They have a really nice gym, one of the nicest ones in the, in the country. And then I call my son and I say, hey, get us some pictures of the gym. They have a smaller one. It's really nice. And it's got probably some of the best murals and best scenery in the gym in the country. And so I start to send all these pictures away and I say, okay, well, here, here's what's going on. And then our union president, Kimball, had given me a... I don't know what I, I'd call it, probably like the IAFF guide to running a gym. And it's great reference material. So I took a picture of the front of that and said, look this up on the internet. This this guy gave me this and it's great. And all of a sudden it was, I don't know, two o'clock in the afternoon. And I'd sent pictures throughout the day and different uh, comments and stuff. And everyone is asking me like, why are you taking pictures of this? And why do you want that? And what are you talking about this manual for? And and so it was just one of those days where, you know, someone asked me something and all through the day, there was little chances to, to send it away. And so I think these connections that we make all across the country and now somewhat around the world are awesome, right? I'll get a Facebook message from someone in Mexico asking me a question about trucks or gear, or then the next day it's someone from Nova Scotia. And then it's a close friend from Edmonton. And it's a, and so it's all of these pieces and how it comes together and intertwines. And so what makes these trips so special is now we just add hundreds of people onto those list of people that reach out to us and, and ask questions, right? 
So that was awesome. So we get to PEI and uh, we stop right as soon as you go over the bridge, which is like this amazing thing to see. Everyone should see that. You get right in the middle of it and you're seven kilometers each way to an island or, or to the mainland. And uh, there's just ocean all around. We're not obviously from the ocean, so it's incredible views for us. And as soon as you get over the bridge, there's a couple Tim Hortons, of course, and, and a town called Borden, Carlton. And so our little buddy, Matthew Murphy, right? I've reached out to him, man, what? He was like a junior firefighter way back our first trip ever out to the island. And uh, he'd reached out and talked to me about a few different things. And so I called him up and sure enough, yeah, I can meet you right away. So we go down there and him and his fire chief are there and we're talking about all kinds of stuff. So now he's like a legit firefighter, right? He's got out of the junior program. He's a political activist. He's talking about all the different politics he's into. He's a student going to university. And just in those few short years, what a transformation. Yeah, very true, isn't it? And then his chief's there and he's chatting us up and telling us stories about everything. So at that fire hall, was there anything that really stuck out in your mind that was that was pretty cool? I mean, other than it looks out on this amazing Actually, bridge and yeah, where it's located is amazing. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> it's crazy, hey? Um, yeah, I don't. Hmm, I can't really think of anything. Yeah, that that one for me there was that uh, like '60s hose roller for the right. the hose, right? Which was funny because I was just like, oh, this is so amazing. I never saw this before, and I looked back to my pictures from 2017 and. I took pictures of that hose roller. I was going to say the same one. (laughs) And then there was that snow sled, right? I was like, wow, this is so unique. I've never really seen one of these. And then we saw like several 10 throughout our trip as we were going. Right. So, so that was awesome. Uh, So Matthew shout out, buddy. It's always good to see you. Sorry. We didn't get a longer visit in, but uh, always appreciate that you make the effort from there. We ripped right out to the PEI Firefighters Association Training School, right? And we went right to the front door at Bolter Station. And so when you're at the PEI Firefighters Association Fire School, you can't help but be immersed in what it means to be a firefighter. They talk about everyone that helped set it up. They talk about what those people mean. They talk about how their name lives on forever. And while they're talking about all these people, you can't help but think to yourself, you're actually just talking about yourself because someday when you're not a firefighter, all of these people that are touring you around will be the people that they talk about because they're so into it. Right. We pull up and they're giving away the generators that the government had given after the hurricane. Mm -hmm. Right. And that place was mind blowing. Yeah, it was amazing. It was a really, really nice fire school. Well thought out and, Um, I, one of the things that really stuck out for me there, and I get that PEI is smaller and it's, there's not as many fire departments there, but that everybody could use it. And there was like, it was just, there was instructors from all different fire departments and it just seemed like it was very well ran, lots of people involved and anybody could come and use it. Right. They wanted people to come. Um, And, And it really was like how a school should be to me, right? The whole spirit of it. The yeah. Firefighters Association ran it. The government helped with it. Um, every time there was a big project that the government was part of, they would draw the school in to help them and 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 in a small way, help fund them in small ways. And although it wasn't the biggest, fanciest, flashiest school on the planet, they had, I took dozens of pictures and immediately sent them out across Canada 
to say, hey, look at this. Like, here's a cheap way to do some firefighter fitness stuff. Here's a great way to do some firefighter safety stuff. And then right on their tower, when you walk up, we burn so you learn. Yeah. And I was like, boom, they're, they're like, <laughs> way to go. That's a fantastic saying. And it's like a legitimate thing that uh, means so much to people, right? And then the big sign that said Hazardville. Yeah. And so for me, I think that was pretty cool, right? In Slave Lake, we, we talk about uh, our training facility and all the things we have. And we're always pretty proud, right? Of Disaster Village. But um, Hazardville was cool too. Yeah, it was. And <laughs> One thing that really stuck out for me there was it was very safe. Like, I mean, you know me, I love health and safety. And I really, really could see health and safety was a huge thing for them as well, which, I mean, it's always about firefighter safety, right? So I, I was very impressed with that. Yeah, that's cool. So that was Ron kind of showed us around there. And then we made uh, an appointment that we'd check out uh, Summerside the next day, do a podcast and some other stuff. Um, so we went back into Summerside and we're right across the street from the Coast Guard, which that's big memories for us, right? We were walking along with some coffees last time we were there and the Coast Guard guys came out and because we were looking at the boats, of course, and taking pictures. Next thing you know, we're in life jackets. We're on the boat. They're like, hey, do you want to come with us? We'll talk to the boss. And we're like, no, we can't. We got to go to the fire hall. And so it was fun to see them coming in and out and, and doing their thing. And then the next morning, you didn't come with me. I, I decided to just rip down there and, and you were going to take a break there. So right on the front of the building is this massive mural and it says serving Summerside since 1863. So right away for me, I'm a big history guy. I love the fire service history. I'm always into it. And I was thinking of Slave Lake's first truck, a 1965. So our first truck was 102 years <laughs> after they'd already been a fire department. And it was just like, I couldn't even get the words out, right? And then you go into the station and it was so cool. It, it was a, it's a great podcast. I can't wait for you to hear it. Ron is such a great guy and he's got such great things to say. There's a bomb shelter in the basement of their fire station, right? They're, they're trying to get a new one and they're working on it right now. Um, but you could feel the pride. Like it's, you're just surrounded by the history and the, and I even said to him at one point, it's like, how, what's it like to be the fire chief now of a place that's been around since 1863? Like that's almost too much pressure for a guy like me. I, w I wouldn't know how to handle it all, right? But then he took me over to their other station, station two, and we got to see three historical trucks. We got to see uh, an old hand pump wagon that still works. They can still make it pump water. And so for me, it was like, I got back and got to the hotel and I must've been just going a mile a minute trying to tell you everything I saw and everything we did there. You definitely were. And I will say that I bowed out of that particular one because we had been to the Summerside Fire Station once before. And what he's not telling you is just because we're traveling doesn't mean we don't have work to do. <laughs> so as he was gallivanting and visiting fire departments, I was working. Gallivanting? I was gallivanting? Yes. <laughs> I was putting in the work. <laughs> Right on. So I came and picked her up. And then, of course, everything for us is all timed. Eh? You got to be here. You got to be there. And so uh, we headed to Muskush so we could catch breakfast. 
actually lunch probably by the time we actually got there uh, with Travis uh, Godet and Kenny Gillis from Skush. So again, a couple guys that we kept in touch with over time, you know, some on Facebook, some texting, always checking on each other, how things are going. Travis has some family out in uh, Whitecourt, Alberta. So got to see him there and he's come to the fire hall in Slave Lake a few times with his dad and by himself. And Kenny is just part of, well, the Gillis family, right? So they got, they're on the fire department and their moms, just like Kirsten is always down there helping out and being part of it. And, and so we just had to go there, right? And they have this cool fire station where the upstairs used to be a bar that actually raised money. And so we were able to see the great big bar and kind of talk about how it used to be. And, and then uh, did this really fun podcast about where they got started and why they got started there. Yeah. What, uh, is there anything about Muskush that really stuck out in your mind of things that you loved? And Well, you know what? One of the things I was very impressed with was their memorial that they have out front. Uh, right it's on. beautiful, right? Yeah. And anytime there's a memorial, that's always amazing to me. So, yeah. I mean, it was very nice. It was great to actually see Kenny and Travis again. And uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah. I yeah, really well, enjoyed we, it. We've run into the Gillis clan before at uh, the Canadian Fallen Firefighters in Ottawa. And, and uh, yeah, so it's just, you know, those connections that we get with people um, all over the place. So uh, after that, Travis and Melissa decided that uh, they would sign up for the worst afternoon and evening of their life. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know that at the time, folks. It's okay. And they would take us to a bunch of other places because um, we're always wanting to see fire halls. So poor Travis lines up all these things and all the times. And then we go and basically completely destroy his timeline. Um, we did get to all the places, right? Um, but the last one was like at eight o'clock at night and... <laughs> Then we, we, we barely got back to Summerside to to uh, catch some Chinese food on a Sunday night there. So uh, Tuesday night, I guess, maybe. So the first place we got to go was Tyne Valley. And that was the, the place where the arena had burned down, like across the street from the fire hall. And what got me in Tyne Valley was how into it they were. Yeah. Like their fire chief and the other five guys that came and they were just like, they're grilling me about everything. They were, that was the place where they had the tire racks for your garage on the wall yeah. and they used them as hose racks and all the high wall was on there. And I like dead stopped and I was like, what? Like you can buy these racks at Canadian Tire for 50 bucks. What a great idea. Like why, why don't we all do that? Why do we spend thousands and thousands of dollars on this other thing, right? This was also the fire hall. I didn't think we were ever going to get you out of. <laughs> we might, I might have talked a bit too much, but but they had good questions. We were cruising. Yeah. It was awesome. No, it was it, great. It should have been a podcast, but we weren't recording. <laughs> so from there, we went to Alberton. That place was cool. And this place probably had one of my favorite boats from the mm -hmm. whole trip. It was called an Orca, O-R-C-A, and it came from the Ukraine. You can catch uh, some pictures of it on our socials, but that thing was cool, right? That hall was massive. There was history. There was pictures. There was all those hose cleaning tools that mm -hmm. they like the homemade tools. Um, that and then that's where I saw that Surefoot ladder appliance, and I was like, man, I've never seen one of these. And we saw five more on the trip, and I'd <laughs> seen one before, I guess. But but even there, like, how many people were at that place? Oh, there was. I I mean, it started as I think two. And by the time we left, I think there was probably seven or eight, even right. little kids. And yeah. yeah, it was great. Yeah. So those ones where it's fun, right? Everyone yeah. wants to get in on it. And and the small town fire department feel, right? So it's like rural mm -hmm. and 
they do all these different things and everyone wanted to get into it. Yeah, it was awesome. And then, so then we were late for that. Now we're really late going to the third place. And I'm going to butcher this name, but Mima Nagash, is that I, how he said it? I think so. <laughs> is that, sorry, Travis, and sorry, everyone. I, I try to do my best here. And this was like, there was a local teacher and it's during the week, right? So he's going to have to teach school the next day. I think this guy had even taught Travis, maybe, I think was the story. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's this little tiny place, but still the pride, right? So it's like, yeah, we're, we're really proud. And then they talked about the breakfast. Yeah, that was impressive. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that really got me. And it's mm-hmm. one of those ones that got me in the feels because he, they're talking about they host this breakfast and they used it at first as a fundraiser. So I think it was five bucks or yeah, whatever so. it was. And, you know, you have like this hearty big breakfast. And then as COVID came and things changed and times got tight and, and then they started again after the hurricane there and they're talking about, it became less about making sure we made money and more about making sure everybody had one good meal that day. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, they did it one, the last Sunday of every month and it, it definitely became not a fundraiser and more about providing for the community. Yeah. And so that's the one where it just got me, right? Like, you know, we're in a place where they could obviously use some fundraiser money. They could obviously use some more government funding. And the little bit of fundraising that they did, they actually started to worry more about the community and probably became less of a fundraiser and more of a cost. Yeah. But they didn't care. No. They, they were just so excited to be able to help the people. And yeah. so, you know, this, there's a lesson out there for everyone. And I think that some of us that, you know, run the bigger fire departments that have a little more money than others, maybe get a little lost in what we're supposed to be doing out there. And here I am getting taught by a little tiny place on PEI about, you know, what it really all means. So just a reminder. Yeah, it was awesome. It really was. So from there, uh, we headed back over to New Brunswick. And so that was fun because we got on the bridge. I think it was 89 kilometers an hour, the wind that day. I, yeah. Something I don't, like that. It right? was really and windy. And the bridge closes at 90. Like maybe it was 86. doesn't really matter. The, the point is it was super windy. We had to get across the bridge before they actually closed it to truck traffic. And so we got across and, you know, we stop and, and get a coffee and you're like, wow, that was, we just did that. We had to go <laughs> across this huge bridge uh, before the wind stopped us from being on there. And I don't really know, like, you know, when you think about the difference between 86 or 89 to 90, if we're maybe that smart, right? We're like, yeah, we really got to get on the bridge before they close it because it's too dangerous in, in another kilometer an hour. Yeah, exactly. Right? It was definitely a little bit of a stressful ride for 14 kilometers or however long it is. Yeah, I And I wasn't even driving. <laughs> <laughs> So we got across and we were headed straight to Sackville. And so um, got to see Mike Green there, who I, who I knew and I'd met before and spent some time with. And uh, he knew Jason really well, good family friends. And so here's what happened there is Mike took the entire day off, met us at the fire hall. Um, I, I don't know. I couldn't say enough about the guy. Oh, it was that was such a great day. Like we he just had it all planned out. We got to see, you know, several different fire departments, got to spend some time at Sackville that night because you did yeah. your first talk. It was just such a good day. And Mike is so easygoing and yeah. he was so easy to deal with from my perspective, putting things together and helpful and knew everybody. Yeah. And, and here's like a really good tip for anyone that we're coming to visit and talk to. He made us go with him. 
Yeah. So he was completely in control of the schedule, <laughs> which was, so that was genius. Way to go, Mike. You, yeah. you did a good job there. I don't think you knew that at the time, but, you know, riding with us can become problematic, but taking us around, you controlled everything, which was, which was awesome. And so the first place we went to was to Dorchester. Yep. And this place, man, it was tight, right? It's an old, old building. It used to have a three-story water tank right in the middle of the building. They had the 70s and 80s furniture, the yellow and orange furniture upstairs. But when you sat in it, it was so comfortable. It just <laughs> melted into the couch. And then there's the two guys that are showing us around, the fire chief and the captain, and they just fit. They fit with the whole building. They fit with the whole community. They fit with everything. And that was the place that had that old Chevy truck. That was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so amazing. And I, they're like, yeah. they have like 10 standing offers to yeah. buy it if it's ever. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. old Wildland truck was one of the coolest ones I'd ever seen. Right. Yeah. It had the old square body front, but it had like a real manufactured back. <laughs> was great that thing was big that was also the place that had the two-story gym and when i mentioned it was the only one i'd ever seen they were really excited about that and and uh the the captain i think was uh one of the mean the main leaders in the gym i would say from looking at him right yeah he's definitely a workout guy and and uh, here here we are in this old fire hall the trucks barely fit like two inches from the wall they've had to increase the size of the door and and they're getting ready to get a new fire hall so they're kind of going through all that and talking about that and still the pride oh for sure right it was just like uh they, they were they loved it they weren't embarrassed one bit about their smallness of their space um they were just 100 percent proud of everything they'd done with every square millimeter of space in that entire building. Well, and you know, the one thing I find out, well, I really noticed while we were out there this time, because maybe because we saw so many fire halls, but it didn't matter where you went, how small it was, how old it was. It was so clean and the trucks are shiny. And like, there's just so much pride in what they have in a different way. Yeah. Right. It doesn't have to be the newest, best, but it's still clean. It's still yeah. organized. It's still ready to go. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think we really learned that on this trip, right? Yeah. So we left there and we headed to Point de Butte. Mm-hmm. And so this is like, I'm not kidding you, 15 steps from the busiest highway. <laughs> it goes from New Brunswick straight to PEI. And this fire hall's, you know, 15 steps off the main road. Yeah. And as, I can't remember everyone's names, but the fellow that met us there. Ow. Al, was that his name? Another beauty, right? It's just, uh, they got this brand new light rescue. So it was like a pickup with a canopy on the back and the color schemes, the the red and the black and the, like it, I dead stopped. I had to take pictures of it. And I think it was weird to him that I was so enthralled with this pickup. You know, he's like, well, what about this truck and this truck? And and they had some really nice trucks too. Um, but that pickup just blew my mind right off the bat. <laughs> And it was just, he spent an hour with us, mm-hmm. right? In this little tiny fire hall, in this little tiny place, talking about everything that's going on. And I think he'd been with the fire department 40 years or 45, yeah, whatever it was. Long it was time. A, it was a long time since he was a kid, right? And I don't know. I was, again, so that was like two for two that day, which later turned into like four for four for the day of just amazing places. Yeah. No, it's true. The one thing I will say about touring fire halls is, We can stop at a fire hall and wander around with an admin if that's what it is, but it doesn't matter who you go with. It's the people that make the fire service. And, you know, everybody took time out of their busy schedule 
to be there and to tour us around. Yeah. And like you said, maybe it's only one person, but sometimes it was several. And yeah. it, it just amazes me that, you know, I, I don't know if Mike called him well in advance or if it was something that, hey, we're coming yeah. out that way. Is there somebody I, that It was definitely set up, but it's yeah. also still like that. We'll make it work. Right? Yeah. So, which made the next one even funnier because we get to Port Elgin. They're out on a call. So, <laughs> yeah. but in true firefighter fashion, they're like, Mike, the doors open, go in, show them around. Hopefully we'll be back fast. But if we're not like, and, and then this is a brand new building. Yeah. Right across from Atlantic Windows, the Atlantic Windows manufacturing plant. And you could tell because they had these cool vault doors that were glass that just blew my mind. I took tons of pictures and probably anyone that follows us on social probably wondered why. <laughs> I had a whole bunch of pictures of doors, but you had to be there. It was, it was unreal. You went in their training room and it was like a quiet room. Like you close these big doors, these big thick glass doors, and it's like silent in there. And right out the window, you can see the the plant that made these doors, right? And so um, it, it was awesome. And then you look out the front bay doors across the street, and it looks like this derelict, rundown building. And oh yeah, that last bay at the back—that's their old fire hall. So you're standing in like a four bay, beautiful, unreal fire hall. And that's where their fire hall used to be. So they definitely went, you know, from rags to riches as far as fire halls go. We didn't get to see anyone, but he texted twice and phoned once to make sure that we got to see everything and that we were happy. And it was, a, I don't know, what'd you think? That was a nice fire hall. Oh, it was beautiful. It was different because it was one of the fire halls we saw with no trucks in it. But yeah. I mean, it was, you know, the... Again, the pride and the history, even though it was a new fire hall, I remember taking pictures of, you know, the history of their fire department and it was still there, right? Like, and yeah, yeah. and you're right. The boardroom with those doors was very cool. And it, yeah, it was a really nice hall. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. From there, back to Sackville. Mike's the deputy chief in Sackville and we got to sit him to sit with him and the chief and and uh, that night we did a talk right in Sackville. So I'm going to talk a little bit first about their council chambers that we did the talk in. Wow. Yeah. Like <laughs> probably the nicest council chambers I've ever been in, right? Obviously it was pretty new and state of the art everything, but like that place wowed me. Yeah. Not in a this is like uh, rich rich people chic but just really set up and really nice. And, and uh, it was on the second story, all glass, looked out onto the, to the town of Sackville. Man, I don't know. I was yeah. impressed by that. I was too. And, you know, for somebody who has been involved in municipal government and has had to do council minutes and that kind of stuff, it was very well thought out. Like they, you know, they where they had the TVs positioned, where they had, like, even how they had the council chambers set up was very well thought out. I yeah. thought I Had was that very little impressed. audio room so that the yeah. IT person could just kind of be in a separate room with themselves. Yeah. No, um, was... And and so that building, so, okay, so that was cool, but like the fire hall was unreal. The parking lot was like, everything was, and so it was the city hall in the middle upstairs and the council chambers and everything, the police station and the community safety officers, the CPOs, on one side and then the fire hall and everything to do with the fire hall on the other side. Very nice building. Yeah. Really well thought out. Again, they had like a beautiful training area at the back, their maintenance area. 
had beautiful cabinets and and of course everything you're going through is like oh we built that and we built that and we fundraised for this and we got that and and uh they did a big fundraiser for a pickup every year for years and and uh all the work that went into that and you could see the the different things that they bought with that money right yeah no it was very impressive probably one of my favorite ones from yeah. this particular trip like i really there's a few that really stick out in my head but that was one of them for sure for sure and then they had the little you know like a storage building out in the back where they had uh, their boat and their old truck and yeah. some other stuff right so yeah it was just it was well thought out lots of good parking lots of mm-hmm. good space uh, all glass doors on the front looking out to the yeah. to the town which was awesome yeah, it was so anyways, Mike, if you ever listen to this, thank you so much. That was, you know, that was just an amazing day. It really was. Acres Emergency Vehicles, a message from our community. A person who is risking his or her life to save the lives and properties of others deserves something as reliable as an Acres Emergency Vehicle. This is our mission, to thank these people with the best gift we can, our best effort. Our commitment includes a firefighter-driven design, manufacturing integrity, personal and professional service. We're here to serve. We guarantee personal and professional service every step of the way. Acres Emergency Vehicles, built for a life of service. Please visit our website at www.acresev.ca. Okay, and then we're on to Nova Scotia. So we're we're going into Nova Scotia and... Uh, we don't really have uh, anything on that first day until the night. And so we're driving by and we get on the Facebook and we get on the phone and we're texting. And all of a sudden it's like, we want to go to the Nova Scotia firefighter school. So we get the address and people are going to meet us there and it's all set up. And I got to tell you, it's probably one of the most beautiful locations that you could ever build a fire school. It's on a lake it looks down onto this beautiful lake and it's trees all around it. And it's kind of in a neighborhood now, but you don't see the neighborhood because the trees protect it. And Yeah, no, it was, it, it is beautiful there and very hidden. We were driving and I'm like, what, this is going to take us to the fire school. And then all of a sudden we turned off and next thing you know, you know, you pop out in this big area where there's a fire school, right? And yeah. beautiful training ground. R- ran into another guy that we'd met before, right? <laughs> Uh, James was there and he's showing us around and they have propane props, just unbelievable propane props. There was the uh, helicopter, right? Massive helicopter prop. They actually fired up the car one for us. And even though it was a cold, cold day, they fired that up for us and let us have a look. They had the breast cancer truck, the wrapped breast cancer truck from Quebec there. Their classroom was unbelievable, right? Had the fire line tape painted around the middle of it, which mm-hmm. was genius, I thought. And again, just another one of these nice little schools that's got all kinds of stuff going for it. You know, we we're able to have a full tour. They showed us everything. We met everyone. I, I don't know. Again, yeah. that couldn't have a better tour, probably. Yeah, no, it was it was really good. And that day was the sun was shining and it was looked beautiful out, but the wind was it was very windy and cold. It was biting but us, yeah. It sure didn't affect 
Brandon and or Brandon and uh, James from touring us around. Oh, they yeah. still had so much pride, and they yeah, yeah, it was great. And and that was great too because there's a couple of volunteer firefighters that came up through the different school courses and then got jobs there as instructors. Yeah. And, you know, they were obviously happy to have us there and we were super happy to be there that day. Yeah. So from there we went to Oak Island resort and I'm telling you folks, this thing is the real deal. Like it, it's a great big resort sitting there on the ocean and um, yeah, it was cold and we didn't really have much time to take in anything, but they had everything there that you could ever want. We need to go back when when we can actually enjoy it. We really, we got there late. We got up early. We got back late. Like we really didn't get to enjoy the resort like we would like to, but uh, it, it was a beautiful area. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. So we kind of found it, which isn't easy to do. And then we uh, took off straight for Chester Fire mm-hmm. and uh, did, a, did a big talk there with a bunch of people. They hosted us for supper first and then got to meet everyone. And then we went over and did a talk in the church there. And so, you know, lots of lessons learned, lessons observed, that whole talk. They had this one pumper, though, and I don't know if you got to see it. It was way tucked in the back of the fire hall. And uh, it was massive. It had a 2,500 gallon per minute pump. Right. And when they're big, they called it the play, the playhouse, right? So like their theater downtown caught on fire. They hooked up this truck to the harbor and they were sucking 2,500 gallons a minute out of the harbor and pumping it to all these trucks. And, and so it, that place was amazing. Yeah. It, was. it really was. And it's old building, but they're going to get a new one. They got land already picked out and they're they're already working on all of that stuff. But just a cool bunch of people. And the more they talked about their trucks and the more they talked about their equipment and the more they talked about, um, you know, the forest surrounding them, the more excited they got about talking about firefighting and being part of the firefighting world. For sure. One thing I really noticed about being in that lower area of Nova Scotia, and I, I, I mean, between... The Oakville Resort and the South Shore. Or, yeah, yeah, like that whole Oak. Yeah. I, yeah. North in front at, of me yeah. is always. We're not looking at a map. Let's just call it the South Shore. <laughs> Sorry, I would say though I did not realize how much forest was down or like in that area. And I mean to drive from one place to the other, there's so many corners. It reminds me of driving in the mountains in BC without the mountains, but the yeah. forest is there and the the curvy roads are there and. And you look out onto the ocean and there's a, a mansion out on an island, like a rock outcropping in the middle of the bay. And like, it, it, it that's a nice, that is a nice area. Yeah, no it question was beautiful it. for sure. And so while we were doing the talk, we got to meet uh, the chief from Chester Basin. And so Chester Basin fire. And he said, you know, wow, it'd be nice if you could come see me. And so we're like, all right. And that's how this grows, right? And so we went and saw them. Um, those guys were so great. We stayed there way too long. We, we didn't have that much time, but we we did do it. The chief was there. The deputy came. And, and uh, again, just like guys that are so proud of everything, they'd added it on, talk, talked about the fundraisers. And one of their captains is actually a captain for Halifax Regional that we got to see later on yes, yeah. at Station 12, too. And uh, I, I loved it. And one of my favorite parts is when we pulled up, there was construction out front. And we pull up to the fire hall and there's this perfectly paved road that goes up one side to the back and then down the other side. And then you see all the construction stuff in the back. 
And I was like, yeah, these guys are the real deal firefighters. They made a deal with this construction company to park their stuff there as long as they paved them a road <laughs> to their little training area in the back. And I was like, that's the real deal, right? That's uh, These are people exactly like me. I loved it. So Smart thinking. Yeah, it was, yeah, right? No, it and, was. and that one was weird because you and I kind of got split up. They took you and showed you a bunch of stuff and they took me somewhere else. And then eventually we finally went upstairs to the new edition and and uh met up again but yeah um a great great talks great just great people yeah no question no, about it was it. it was amazing to see some of the history and how they were really involved in the um swiss plane that went swiss down Air, that's right, swiss yeah. airplane so that when we got split up it was really i got to ask a lot about that got to see a newspaper article that they've put on their wall and uh it was pretty cool for sure one thing i will say about everywhere we went out there History is alive and well. Oh, yeah. They really care about the history of their fire department and the previous members. And it, they do a good job. Mm -hmm. It was impressive. Yeah, I agree. So from there, uh, again, the, the night at the church there doing the talk, we got to meet the, the deputy chief of New Ross. And so that was awesome. So we ripped out there. And uh, all the fire trucks were jammed into the front. And we're like, wow, this is like awkward. What? You know, and they're like, oh, well, we got two extra trucks here because in the back, the fire hall is attached to the community hall. And it was all set up for a big talk. And right in the side of this community hall, they usually park a truck or two and, and keep them out of the way. And so because we had to slide down between all the trucks, there was a lot of superiors out there that I had noticed. Right. And so I was leaning on the one truck. We'd kind of snuck by, remember, and I was leaning against it. And I like basically slid off <laughs> my hoodie, just like it couldn't. And I turned around and I was like, it was this 1999 superior truck. And I was like, this is the shiniest truck I have ever seen in my entire life. Like this is shinier than a brand new fire truck. And he said, well, Greg Meisner was just here. And I've been talking about this guy, this Greg Meisner, right? He, he cleans fire trucks all over Nova Scotia and he just goes from fire hall to fire hall. And I will tell you that I've never seen checker plate that clean. I've never seen chrome shine like that. The wax that he uses and what he does to the trucks was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, they were definitely sparkly, shiny. <laughs> That's why kids fall in love with fire departments and fire trucks because oh. they look that good was, i didn't want to leave <laughs> it was incredible i couldn't stop talking about it and then cool treat that you're going to find out about later is we got to actually meet greg meisner and his brother that do all this work later on at a different fire hall so mm -hmm. so then of course from there now we're in a big hurry we got to rip over to uh, bridgewater because we're getting ready for another talk um and and so bridgewater was cool Bridgewater was cool. So Andy is um, the deputy fire chief there, and he is the person who set up the talk for that evening. So we got to see his fire hall first, but I did not realize, one, Bridgewater was as large as it is, and two, that the history that was at that fire hall was, like, again, there's tons of history out there, but it was amazing, and I loved how they captured it and kept it alive that's there. where they had it was like a four foot tall by two foot wide uh, wood photo album that they'd made and it was full of all these pages of their history that that was cool you gotta yeah check that out on our social media for sure and then they had a parking area and a small training center out back nothing mm -hmm. flashy but everything you need to train new firefighters on how to be uh good firefighters um, yeah. so unreal trucks unreal pride there uh again nice boat like everybody mm -hmm. had out there 
But uh, that, that was a fun stop for yeah, sure. it was. And then, so of course we stayed there too long and then we had to fly over to Lunenburg. <laughs> now, if you've never been to Lunenburg, it's obviously worth a stop, right? It's a UNESCO heritage place. It's got the colored buildings. It's got uh, the blue nose from the dime. You know, it's got, it's uh, the harbor is unreal. And so we got to go to a restaurant right there on the harbor and have supper with uh, half a dozen chiefs from all over the region and talk fire and talk about their their hometowns and, and what makes Nova Scotia so special. So that was a great, absolute great uh, supper, right? And then we went to the Lunenburg Fire Hall. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you go first because... it, Yeah, it was uh, pretty amazing too. I Every fire hall is pretty amazing. But again, one of those halls that's got tons of history and like the old truck that was there was... Their Boston Whaler boat was off the charts. Yeah. Their old truck was amazing. Yeah. The roof at the peak had to be 40 feet tall. Yeah, I remember you saying to, um, I think the chief's name was Darren, what, like... Do you ever dream about what you're going to do with all this space above you? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, to me, it's like being in an empty shop that no one even moved into yet. I was just like enthralled with, you know, the mezzanine space, though, you know, and he didn't need it because his no. fire hall was huge. Like exactly. their training area. That was the night we had the biggest crowd. Probably there was a hundred and some people there. And, yeah. And uh, it, it was still unreal. And so um, that was the first night that we kind of gone away from doing all of our other talks. And I switched to above the line, below the line, um, you know, just like leadership in the fire service stuff. And I got, we got raging about uh, one of the hardest things to do in the fire service is to know when to quit. Cause it's really hard. It's your family, it's your passion. You love it, but you get to that point And sometimes it's after two years, sometimes it's after 15 years. And for two guys, one guy was 50 years there and another guy was 58 years in the fire service, still going strong, mm-hmm. still on active calls. One was a fire chief going on active calls. And the guy that had the 58 years came up to me at the end and he's like, man, your talk could not have come at a better time. Like I've really been like, how do I quit this? Mm-hmm. I, I know I have to, I need to retire. I need to take a break. I need to get away, but I just don't know how to do it after 58 years. And so we got to have this great talk about knowing when it's time and being able to just do it, but how hard it is to walk away. It is. And it's not it's part of your life for 58 years. Like I know how hard it it is to walk away from a job you've been at for 20 years. I, I think of when I left the travel agency and how hard it was to, to leave that. I can't even imagine. So no, I get it. No, for sure. Um, that, that was a really, yeah, that was just an incredible night. They all are, but that one was really special to me. So the next morning, uh, we kind of, we had a lot of time that day to go and see different things and do different things, but we basically ended up in Waterville. So we went the guys in Brooklyn and we went and did some other stuff, but we ended up in Waterville, which is the home of big flow. Which for all of you that always thought all those years I had a girlfriend out in Nova Scotia named Big Flo, it's not. It's a truck. It's a super sweet truck that uh, has like a 10-inch inlet on their uh, pump and it's got a separate pump and a a separate motor. And it's actually on a small chassis. It's not a great big monstrous truck, but this great big pump, man, can it pump fires. And I always say if I ever have a place of fire where I need a lot of water moved, I'm going to call Big Flow and get the Waterville boys to come out and check it out. <laughs> I've had a demo of it before. It's it's an amazing truck. 
And so got to see the fire hall. We've been there before, but we got to see everyone. Ian was there to chat him up a little bit and and some of the other guys that take pictures and do things out there. And then again, we had over 100 firefighters that night talking about uh, fire service leadership and moving forward in uncertain times. And it was just like we had this great talk. I don't know how, but sometimes you just feel like you're having this intimate talk with one or two people, but there's 100 people in the room. Yeah. Uh, and Waterville was, so now that's up in the Annapolis Valley. So we're back into, like, we've spent a lot of time, four trips now into the Annapolis Valley. And so a lot of our friends are sitting out there. We get to chat to them before and after. And uh, I, I remember after a guy with ADHD had come up and he was like, you know, do you think there's any room in the fire service for someone that has ADHD? And and I was like, well, obviously, because you got a shirt on and you're, right, you're doing your thing here. And and we had this chat for about 15 minutes, right? And it was like, man, I love it. And then I started to notice that in Nova Scotia, every fire hall you went to, there was there might be someone with physical disabilities or mental challenges, or they just, they're all welcome. Everybody in the Nova Scotia Fire Service is welcome. Yeah. And you can stay for as long as you want, like literally. <laughs> and so um, I, there's another thing that yeah. I think that they could teach us all. You know, we could we could help out more. We could be more open to everybody helping out with the fire service. For sure. Yep. One of the things I really noticed at that fire hall, it was the first place I noticed it was how they had the um, office or the dispatch room that kind of overlooked the fire hall. And I really noticed it once I saw it once, then it seemed like I saw it quite a bit. But you really did notice it on that side in the Annapolis Valley, there was quite a few of them like that. No question. Uh, which was pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. Up high looking down yeah. over the... Yeah. Well, and we remember that from Wolfville, right? There's his way up high. Yeah. Looks out over all the whole bay floor and out the front doors. Yeah. So then the next day we got to go to Kingston Fire. And so Kingston Fire is one of my favorite places. It's on Sparky Street. They got the signs and everything. <laughs> places legit. Uh, they got some nice Acres fire trucks there, which I always, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Acres. So I uh, got to see that. They got the golf cart fire truck that they yeah. made there themselves. So check that out on our socials. That's always uh, fun to see that stuff. And then I got to do this podcast with Watson Armstrong, who's, I, you know, I would say, even though we don't know each other for our whole lives and we don't work in the same province, and he's still a, a mentor. He says things to me that I take to heart, right? He's a 40-year guy. He's been the fire chief for a long time. He works with the Fire Service Commission and, and has helped uh, the place out immensely. And so it was just a really fun podcast that I can't wait for people to hear and, and hear all the things we talked about and all the things we did. So. I can't wait to hear that one either. I didn't listen. You didn't stay in there. Yeah. That time, so. again, I went to work and I got to sit in that great office above the dispatch room looking down onto the beautiful fire hall. That's right too. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. So from there we ran back to uh, Brooklyn and everyone there was super busy. So they sent us over to Somerville. And so in Somerville, like we drive into this little tiny rural mm -hmm. place that again, we've had to kind of follow the BC mountain type roads to get there and we get there and no one's there. So the guys had to, the fire chiefs had to run off. So we call Brooklyn and they get another guy and Jason shows up. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jason had been in a really serious motorcycle accident a year and a half before that. And he was having trouble with his memory and he was having trouble getting around. And I think he was a bit nervous about being there and being with us. But within 15 minutes, 
his pride was out. And I kept asking all these questions and he, he'd have to sit there and think about it. And you could tell he was like, and he's like, this is the, this is great therapy. You're really making me think about where everything is. And, you know, he was, he kind of went from having to open two or three doors to be like, okay, I remember it's this one, it's this one, it's this one. And uh, we were going through and, and so he kind of told us about his motorcycle accident and his rehabilitation and his life and, and uh, took, and man, again, here's a guy that was sitting around the house and all of a sudden he's at the fire hall with us for an hour showing us around. And I was really proud of him that day and I was really proud to get to meet him and to know him. Yeah, for sure. No, it was a really, uh, it was neat to listen to his story. And one of the things about that fire hall is, again, um, a little bit of an older fire hall, very tight with trucks, but so clean. It was unbelievable, yeah. right? Like. I just remember thinking, man, like this floor, I feel like my kitchen floor is not that clean. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like if the gum fell out of my mouth, I'd snatch it right up, throw it back in and be embarrassed that my gum juice got on their floor. Like exactly. It was, it was, uh, yeah, it was that gray with yellow stripes. Yeah. And, um, there was enough room to get everywhere you oh, needed yeah. to go, but it was tight. Right. Yeah. And, and they had a side by side and a trailer and that a was that really cool trailer with the seats in it. They had yeah. a boat, couple, you know, a truck and a tender and, uh, yeah. When you go to their board and look at all the training, like every check mark, like mm -hmm. everybody's done everything, everyone showed up, like it's just a, a really tight community. That was yeah. that was cool. Uh, so from there, um, we got to hook up with Jason and uh, the fire chief from Brooklyn, and uh, we went over to Windsor and we got to see the Windsor Fire Hall. So they were just getting delivery of a brand new aerial. I don't know, every second fire hall in Nova Scotia was getting delivery of a brand new aerial <laughs> while we were there. Um, but we got to go into the basement. And so their basement was set up as a museum, uh, an area in the basement, and it flooded. So imagine how sick that made me. But what they did is just redid the basement. And instead of having an area that's a museum, they made the whole basement a museum. Yeah, it just was integrated into everything, oh, right? It was so great. Yeah. There, there was a plan there, an apparatus plan that someone had drawn out with a pencil from 1923. And it was basically a request from council. If they could give him $900 <laughs> in 1923, he would get this used chassis and he would turn it into a fire truck. <laughs> and I could not get enough of that. I was just like, man, firefighters have been firefighters forever mm -hmm. right it's it's it attracts those kind of people that are like okay give me 900 bucks i'll make this work yeah, right exactly. and so yes today it's like give me nine hundred thousand and we'll make it work but it's it's the same idea right um they had some fires all over the place that they'd been to big kind of mm -hmm. scary fires old trucks new trucks i don't know man that place was yeah they kept a lot of stuff and made it you know very historical and when I say kept a lot of stuff, they didn't keep junk. They they kept it and they made it into you know what their fire service was about. It it was yeah. it was crazy, yeah. It, and I, and I get like there, right? Um, basically, it burned from the harbor right up to the heart of town before mm -hmm. they finally stopped it in the early 1900s. There, there was a big fire that ripped through town and you know could have destroyed it all if it wasn't for the people helping out back then. And so that history lesson forges every idea for them from that point yeah. until today right even when we're getting the aerial apparatus you could just hear them talking about how cool it was going to be yeah and then they had that massive billiards table downstairs oh yeah. the big snooker table <laughs> yeah. the six by 12 right <laughs> and they got all the uh volunteers that have 
retired over the years. They still are allowed to come. They have coffee there and, and they're in the basement and they play on that snooker table every day and they have snooker tournaments. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Like, you know, when you retire, you're, sometimes it feels like you're just kicked out. Mm-hmm. But at that place, they had their own room. They had their own chairs. They had their own coffee maker. Like yeah. there was there was no one more welcome than um, all the retired people at that yeah. fire home. Yeah, it was very good. Awesome. So then the next day we're off to Nine Mile River District. And so that was Dave who we'd met. So that night we did a talk at Brooklyn. You know, there were 60, 70 people there and we talked about leadership and all of that stuff. And so we got to meet Dave there. And so right. the next day we're like, okay, let's go to this Nine Mile River District. And so we we pulled up where the GPS took us to this rough building, right? And and we get this text from him is like, I know you're at the wrong building. I'll come get you guys. <laughs> and so we were. he shows up and they got a brand new fire hall down the road. And and so we're able to to look at that and look at the trucks. And and so their fire chief came and uh, he, he was a beauty, right? He had. And so one of the things that he said to me is like, we have all this older gear and equipment. And why, why do we send it? And who makes us? And why does it always go to Mexico? Because lots of places in Canada are hurting too which is something that I agree with and I say all the time, right? I go to some pretty desperate places that could really use the gear that the rest of us send to Mexico. And I know we're not supposed to use it in Canada, which is the whole point. But if they're using three-quarter length coats and tall boots or they have no coats or boots, wouldn't the stuff that we give to Mexico be good enough? And so he was able to, over the years, access. They have the Nova Scotia firefighters 50-50 Right. And it's like, like tonight I was just looking at it. It's like $1.3 million. Wow. And so, you know, some, it'll probably get up to 1.4 or 1.6. And so someone will get half of that, but the other half goes to all the fire departments that sign up. And so, you know, they'd done good work fundraising and they'd been part of that. And they took a lot of their older equipment and sent it to a couple of fire departments that were just getting started in Newfoundland. And so I love that. I love that. As a Canadian, I love that as a firefighter, um, and it was awesome to have a chat with them. And then that was the place where Greg Meisner <laughs> and his brother were actually there cleaning the fire apparatus. And so, I mean, I'm in awe of these guys. You know, what they charge, how awesome their job they do, how many they do in a year, right? He said he cleans over 400 vehicles a year, mm-hmm. right? From big fire trucks down to little yeah. cars. Um, and I, I do have to say, like, Greg, if you're listening to this and, and to your brother, I am in awe of your work. Um, it, it's, uh, man, it helps with the pride piece. It, it keeps the trucks up. And these trucks are a big investment, mm-hmm. right? I think people forget that. You, you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on these trucks and keeping the outside and the inside. Um, like those trucks where these guys go, the cabs look new. The seats look new. The the outside, the the polished aluminum, the checker plate, it's better than when it comes new. Yeah. There were several trucks where you guys were talking and they were 10 or 15 years old. And I'm like, they look like they just got, you know, delivered. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, one of the things that stuck out at Nine Mile for me was I loved that their license plate actually said, the truck number and where they were from, especially because there's so many of them that actually work together. Like all those little departments seem to go to many calls well, in so the same place. Right. And yeah. I really like that. And it was something I hadn't seen before. It was you kind of you bring up a massive good point. The, how many P 
people work together and how they work together. And like, it's nothing to wake up in the morning and look at the socials from Nova Scotia, which is a couple hours behind us and see that, like, I'd like to thank these 14 fire departments that showed up last night for house fire, yeah. tenders, aerials, pumps. And so you, you know that some people did stuff and some people just dropped their water off and went home, but they're so thankful. They work together. There's so many firefighters that are part of two or three or four mm -hmm. different fire departments. You know, my day job, my night job. It's awesome. It is. Like, it's incredible. We could all take a step back and learn from, from the people out there about putting your ego in the box and not worrying about turf wars. And we can all do our own thing, but when it's time to do together, we can all be together. Yeah. So that's, you do bring up an awesome point there. From there, we went over to Kedville and Captain Jeremy Walsh just impressed me from the second I walked through the door, right? Mm -hmm. And the, at the last second, we got somebody to actually just put a message out on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> Anybody know anyone from Kenville? And within minutes, Andrew Mitten had us uh, hooked up with this Captain Walsh who was happy to be there. He showed us around. Uh, he talked about his dad who'd passed away from occupational cancer and how he got into the fire service after a couple of years after that happened. It's a 100% volunteer station and they do 450 calls a year with 50 firefighters. Every single truck is separated into a crew. So he was the ladder truck captain. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he was super proud about is more of his firefighters had turned into officers in the last five years than from any other uh, truck. Right. And so he was super proud of all the work that the people that he works with were doing and what they learned and how they learned it. And uh, so like there, it was crazy. They, they actually have a museum. It's in the front of the building. And I'll maybe let you talk about that a little bit. Yeah. It, I actually really, that fire hall was very different um, because it was on two one ways, right? So if you're on the back side of it, you're going one way. And if you're on the front side, of course, you're going the other way, which like I said, very different, unique setup, um, you know, and they definitely have to use both sides of the doors to get in and out. And, uh, um, and then you get into that whole area that was the museum. And uh, again, the history that comes from that, it, it was just incredible. Um, yeah. They really, really Kenfield had some some really deep meaning for me. I, yeah, me too. Uh, you know, being in the museum, um, Captain Walsh's story about his dad, and and uh, he showed us the truck that had his dad's name on it that they'd done the memorial to him on, and and uh, every room there had something historical about it, and they had parked their historical truck right off the one way street, and so over time it didn't really work out and they had it on a trailer because they have lots of parades there and they all compete with these old trucks and so they turned that bay at the front of the fire hall into the fire chief's office yeah and it had the full glass opening door and and that was awesome right but then with all of this history we got out to the bay and there's a solo decon machine sitting there for scba <laughs> and a ram air dryer for gear and they're redoing a whole area for for a decon area mm -hmm. and so you know even though you're like man this is an old station and it's got so much history they had a beautiful gym that that people had helped uh, fundraise for from the community and that decon shower remember and that yeah massive decon shower and and so there were so many things there that were like man this place is old and full of history and it's amazing but then on the other side of that was there's so many new and cool things here um and then obviously because his dad had died from occupational cancer um he he was 
you know, they, they take that seriously there mm -hmm. and they're making the steps to make it better and try to make sure that doesn't happen. And so, you know, that's obviously near and dear to our hearts. Yeah, for sure. So Jeremy, thank you. There was lots of other great people there too. I'm, I'm yeah. just, I'm picking on him because of the whole story, but um, people came from all over again while we were there and everybody <laughs> stuck around and we had some great chats there. Just, it was awesome. It's another one that started with one and ended with many. Right. Cause, <laughs> and then we had to like, sorry, everyone, we got to go. Cause we had to get back to Brooklyn for the 60th anniversary. So we went to Brooklyn station two where they had a massive uh, pumper tanker. And, and it was a sight to see. That thing is a beast. Check out our socials for that. Um, new modern station, right? Um, just only been there for a few years, just outside of Windsor, and kind of helps out with the county. And then over to Station One, right? And so Station One, it was their 60-year anniversary, which is cool. Um, love that. We got to sit there and talk to, like, years of service being called out 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. Auxiliary staff that had been there for just as long, right? It was just, like, it was a super positive night full of so many memories for me and so many. Uh, it, it was just packed full of all of the best parts of the fire service. Yeah, it was very, it was a very well-planned and uh, the event was, yeah, it was really nice. They did yeah. a great job. It was, it was like, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't have been, I can't think of a place where I would want to be more than being there that night to listen to all of that and, and to watch like a poor Jason's running around all over the place and the chief and the auxiliary people and they're trying to make it all go. And, and I, we just sat back and had a beer and relaxed, had a great supper. Um, and it was funny because we're so used to being those people that have to run around and do all that stuff that you never get to enjoy it, that it was actually awesome to just sit there and enjoy the whole thing. Yeah, it was a nice change. So next morning, up early, we're back to Kingston again. Watson let us use his fire hall to do a podcast um, with Mike and Hillard, Hilliard, which was awesome. Um, Mike's from Lawrencetown Fire and Hilliard's from uh, Middleton, also from Hilliard Designs, which does all our podcast challenge coins for us. And and so I've known these guys now for a long time. We work together with the CVFSA and we've met each other lots of times at the Canadian Fallen Firefighters in Ottawa. And so it was just awesome to hook up with them again and, and chat about the million things they're into. These guys, holy these two guys, and then sadly, uh, Daniel Cheeseman wasn't around, but those three amigos, man, they're all over the place <laughs> all the time. If they're they're in New York, they're in Ottawa, they're in Saskatchewan, they're... And so check that podcast out. It's really fun to listen to what they're up to and what they're thinking about and, and where they're going. Uh, so from there, we got a rip over to New Minus. They also just got a new aerial, big surprise. And uh, <laughs> But that was cool because we got there a little bit before uh, Andrew, who was coming to meet us. And they were, there was volunteers there building onto their fire hall. Yeah. And so the, cool. the chief right away is like, let me show you around, right? They got two boats. They got a hovercraft. Man, what else was in that place? That, that place was packed. Yeah, it was incredible. They had a lot of stuff in there, and you can see why they were doing a little bit of an add-on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> needed the space. And, like, Chief took me to his office, and you could see all the cool fundraisers they'd done and all the cool things that had happened in New Minus. And New Minus is a, like, it's completely private. It has nothing to do with the town. They do all the fundraising. They make all the money. They Every decision that gets made there is by their board mm -hmm. that they have, and it's 
yeah, it's not taxpayer funded. It's it's legit. They they fundraise a lot of money there, and they were just getting delivery of a brand new aerial apparatus worth over a million dollars. And it's like, wow, some you had to fundraise for that. That's yeah. crazy, right? So, but then so Andrew Mitten was there, and uh, his kids both got in on the podcast. So we did a great podcast. Went out, had a nice supper with them, and and really kind of had a good time. And then of course it's already 9 30 at night and we're we got to get home because tomorrow we got another thing but we call paul maynard who's been kind of waiting for us and we say hey paul we want to we want to still see your brand new fire home and so from new minus we rip over to hansport where we've seen their old fire hall so that normally wouldn't count but they have a brand new fire hall so it counts and and we get to see it it's uh, i don't know what do you think of that one that was a it is going to be amazing when it's all done right for sure. i mean it's sitting there empty right now and you know there but yeah you hear all very, the sad stories about getting it built right the roof collapsed in a windstorm yeah and, but very well thought out i think and they really you know seemed like they really thought about what they wanted and asked what would work and yeah i i actually look forward to going back and seeing it yeah, in the full swing they of had the everything. clock tower they integrated yeah. the, the clock from the community into the front and yeah, that one was just really like they put TVs in the right places mm-hmm. and they had the kitchen attached to the common room in a nice way. And it, yeah. it just had a lot of really well thought out, good, good stuff. So we'll make sure we get that up on our socials. Check that out for sure. Hansport, Nova Scotia. And then the next day we're off to uh, the Nova Scotia Public Safety and Field Communications <laughs> uh, Station. And so it's Paul Maynard again and, and all the boys that he works with. And Andrew even came over again and jumped in on it because uh he actually works for emo nova scotia and so we, we did another podcast and so we got to see all these cool public safety and field communications trucks we're talking to these guys and so these are the guys that are trying to keep comms up when everything's going to to hell literally right yeah. and so uh you know we always talk about how every disaster you're always going to talk about how bad the communications are these are the guys that make sure even if you're having bad communications at least you're still being able to talk right so as, as long as the if the words aren't going great that's not their fault <laughs> they're making sure they go across right um and so they had some great trucks and then we had some crazy talks about the hurricane and what they were doing in the hurricanes and how you got to keep your personal life going right and you're worried about your wife and your daughter and everything and your generator going in your house while you're also trying to take care of nova scotia and and keep it all going it was it was like one of my favorite talks i'm a cheapskate so i don't like to go over an hour with the podcast because i have to pay extra even though this is going to be one of those but uh these guys they just got talking and i was like whatever it doesn't matter whatever it costs we're not you know we're not stopping these guys are telling some awesome stories so that was cool we did that and then uh from there andrew because we hadn't seen enough was nice enough to take us and we got to go to the the eoc so the provincial eoc met some great folks there and it's attached to the halifax eoc and the federal eoc um and so i think we got to learn we didn't get to take as many pictures there as normal because of course they're emergency operation centers but we got to see so many cool things there yeah it was that was I mean, I guess maybe because I've sat in an EOC before and because of our daughter's job, I, you know, it was a little bit, but it was, that was a cool place for me to go and check out. And one of the things that I really liked about that place was how they had a poster of all the different disasters they had dealt with 
in the hallway oh, when you that, walk down oh, the hallway. Down the hallway. And I thought, That's right. you know, all the different things that they had encountered over the years. Yeah. And great reminder of all the people that did great work before you. And yes. Something yeah. to live up to for sure. Yeah. No, it was really cool. All right. So the next day, you know, we're doing a bunch of stuff and then we had to, or no, so that was still that night. We had to get over to Eastern Passage. Right. That's our and last so, talk. So that was part of the Halifax Regional uh, on the volunteer side. So we went to Eastern Passage. Uh, great group. Uh, it was a small group. I think it was 15 or 20 of them. And and we got to chat about Slave Lake and Fort McMurray and some of the things we learned and saw. And kind of we had a really good talk with them about what it's like to work in a place where there's a full-time crew for a truck and a volunteer crew for the truck. And so we got to see that. Super engaged, super switched on there. The captain, she was awesome, you know, just asking us a million questions. And she was also with their task force that they have. So asking questions about Alberta and all the, the stuff that's going on there and all the people we know and and uh, engage with there. So that was fun. Yeah, that was, it was, it, I mean, it was definitely a little bit of a smaller crowd, but it was yeah, nice so. because it was almost like just sitting there chatting, right? Yeah. It was and then uh, late night, right? So yeah. we get home super late, but we got to get up early in the morning because the next day we're headed home. So, but of course, before Not we before. go home, <laughs> we, we got to see a million things. So we went to uh, Halifax Regional again to the Dartmouth Station 12 to see Stephen Fenner, who we know from FDIC Atlantic. And do you remember... The one time we were at the Mooseheads game. I do, actually. In Halifax, <laughs> and we're watching a game, and I get this text, and uh, it's from Stephen Fenner, and he's like, uh, hey, you're at the game. And I was like, "How? there's no possible way. <laughs> I'm in Halifax. Nobody How should you know? know me here, right? And he's like, yeah, you were just on the big screen. Where are you <laughs> sitting? And five minutes later, he's sitting with us having a chat. And and uh, so when he reached out and said, I'm going to be working at Station 12, you guys want to come by, um, it was awesome for us. And we were able to make that uh, that work out. And, and I think, so what was the highlight there for you? I'm going to let you go first. Well, I mean, it was really interesting to see how a full service fire hall works. But I mean, there was several people that we knew, which was kind yeah, of neat. That was awesome, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I was just, it was a little bit different than the other ones. It, it had was, the big, cool drone. It, yes. Um, and then that support truck. Yeah. Oh, that right? thing was like a, a, you spent rolling, a, lot of time in that. a rolling fire hall. Like <laughs> I was, oh, I was like, I need one of these. Isn't that what Steven was in charge of? That's yeah. his truck, right? Yeah. It was like, so all the guys that were hanging out with us were all the guys from that truck. That, that truck. Day, which was, so that's always cool when, you know, they're super passionate about it. And then we really got to talk with one of the firefighters there was a big uh, PTSD mental health right? guy. Yes. And so he really chatted us up and wanted to talk about the podcast. Yeah. And maybe I should do that. And if you think I'm a talker, he, he was uh, way past my level, right? So his podcast, if it ever comes out, I'll make sure I give you a shout out because um, it'll be good, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, was... but, but we stayed there for way too long again, um, chatted with every single person in the building. They were doing a big toy drive with the radio station. And That's right. It was a support fire hall. So they had like all the gear cleaning for the entire city was coming there. That's right. And they had, uh, it was like a sauna size room for just drying gear mm -hmm. um, and then that's where we saw that cool little table upside down table had four rollers and it was for doing visuals and cleaning the bottles oh right they just made out of plywood <laughs> and four casters and you could roll the bottle and i was like genius <laughs> this is genius right yeah so yeah that was just you know one of those ones that kind of popped up through the tour but it was it was awesome and amazing yeah. 
Then we had to shoot over to the airport, but not to fly away because that's not how we we do things. Uh, <laughs> so we went to Enfield. And so uh, Rob, one of the senior men at the fire hall where I work, his parents are on the Enfield Fire Department and have been like for forever. So we, you know, they were like, stop in and see us. And so, of course, um, you're in Nova Scotia and you're in the Maritime. So everybody's so nice and they're chatting us up. And that one was full of history too. Yeah, it was. Remember that was the one where um, there was that table that was burnt. All right. And I, I survived the 90s I, fire. Whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and the tables that were upstairs too were from different bars that were donated. So they're like, As they're they closed. Down yeah. And, it was kind of neat. And yeah. um, there was lots of history there. And I mean, that's where you got to go up in that great yeah. big, on that windy, cold, <laughs> freezing day, I'm 109 feet up in the platform and we're shaking back and forth and the captain's just like, yeah, it's all good. And showing me the controls. And, and uh, of course, we're looking at some aerial stuff. So he was giving me kind of the crash course on how to do it. And I'm taking pictures of the ants down below, which were Kirsten and, and Rob's folks there. So um, that was a cold day. It was cold. But again, so the the... Like the ladder truck, when they were backing in, we're like, it's never going to make it. It's never going to, like the roof was really low and it was tight walls, um, but everything had a place, everything in its yeah. place, right? And another one of these privately owned fire departments where their group owns it and and uh, they're fundraising to add on to the building and talking about, you know, millions of dollars worth of additions and they got to fundraise and work it out. And yeah, oh, it's just so many amazing stories out there. Yeah. And so then we're heading to the airport, but again, in true fashion, we can't just leave. So <laughs> one of the firefighters had reached out and uh, asked us if we wanted to go see the EHS uh, Life Flight Center. And so Canadian Helicopters and EHS run run these the uh, Life Flight program together. So didn't even make it to the airport yet, and we stopped in at the hangar, sorry, and uh, got to see the helicopters. And, I mean, those things are huge when you're up close. Mm-hmm. I, I was amazed by... Uh, all of it right the king airplane that they use i'd seen before but they were just going on a mission with one of the helicopters and so we got to see that they were taking off to help a neonate patient and the mom and uh we got to see every there was nothing that we weren't allowed to go see there yeah it was pretty neat for sure yeah so talk to the paramedics talk to the mechanics talk to the managers and and uh they had so many cool things that's the place where they had the christmas tree and the ornaments were a picture of every single person that worked there yes hung all over the tree i thought that was pretty genius yeah, and, me and too. pretty cool uh they had a couple of uh, backboards that were painted up with different murals mm-hmm. and things like that so and again just real genuine awesome people that just want to help out and yeah. and do the right thing so from there, we did finally get to go to the airport. <laughs> we were so and close. <laughs> I think we were both excited to get on the plane and uh, just fly home and, and relax a little bit. But uh, so, you know, I guess sum up your trip to the Maritimes. What do you think? Well, I would say it was busy, but at the same time, it was awesome, right? Like um, everybody that we got to see or meet was super friendly and welcoming and which it always is that way um but it was just it was busy it was exhausting to be very honest (laughs) like we lots of times we weren't back at our hotel or where we were staying until 10 30 11 o'clock at night and i don't think we slept past eight o'clock one morning because we were busy right um 
but it was so great. We put so much into that short time and got to see and do so many neat things that I, I wouldn't change it. I yeah. Mean, I mean, you're always so honored to get asked and humbled to, to go and talk to people. But they just embrace us so deeply out there, right? They're all big fans of the show. Um, not not the pod, well, maybe the podcast too, but of Hellfire Heroes. So they always talk about that. Uh, and a lot of them listen to the podcast. They're excited that there's going to be a Maritimes edition. So um, the next five after this are all from people all over the Maritimes. Yeah, it was just like the Maritimes are, it's just so full of amazing, genuine, nice relaxed laid-back people <laughs> compared um, to albertans <laughs> well yeah, compared to lots of places in canada right <laughs> like a lot of us are on the the drive to get something done i don't know what it is but <laughs> but out there you know it's just people take time mm -hmm. to enjoy where they are and enjoy how beautiful it is and um it, it's just a different kind of taking care of your neighbor mm -hmm. uh helping out your community it just it takes me back to a time that i used to really love being with the fire service and and really felt like we were really helping out, you know, kind of before it turned into a job, before it turned into a career, before it turns into all the budgets and the money and the, you know, it was, uh, it was nice to go back to that time and, and think about it. I still think they're under the same challenges as everyone else. And a few years from now, they'll have the same problems with, you know, not enough volunteers and more career positions, trying to figure out the funding, but for now, all over the Maritimes, I got to tell you, thank you for the tour. Thank you for the hospitality. Um, we're super humbled to be allowed to come out there and talk to you and, and to talk about you here on the podcast. So I hope you enjoy this show. I, I hope you enjoy the next five that are all about the Maritimes. I hope you enjoyed the couple that were before this about PEI. And like, honestly, thank you for all the support. Thanks for always, you know, getting on our social media, talking to us, sending us questions. People think I'm crazy, but there's nothing I love more than people asking me stuff about the fire service, whether it's my opinion or to send pictures or have you ever seen something like this? Just keep that rolling. Um, that supercharges me, makes me excited for, for the future all the time. You can always get us at growingupfire at outlook.com. You can uh, get us on our social media, Growing Up Fire. Uh, you can get me on my social media at Chief Coots or Jamie Coots. And, uh, you know, let's let's just keep it all going. We got some more tours lined up for the spring. And, uh, I mean, we're doing talks and doing different kind of work with our company all the time. But, you know, thanks to, to Seahawk and Acres for sponsoring us again. Sponsored us season two, sponsored us for season three. So they're part of the reason we can keep this all going. So, you know, check out Acres Emergency Vehicles. Um, check out the Seahawk products and uh, they sell Acres Emergency Vehicles. So all those people are, have been really great to us. And so uh, there it is. Another episode of Grown Up Fire season three. Thanks, everyone. We appreciate you. We sure do. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Growing Up Fire today. Follow me on Instagram at Chief Coots to comment or send questions. We appreciate your support.